Hi, this is Ariana Evans, and you're listening to I See You, Mama, a podcast where we talk mom to mom about the things that matter to us. And my guest today is Shannon Lee Miller. Um, you can say hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to talk. Good. It would be sad if I didn't. Yeah. And um, Shannon and I know each other through Moms Club, um, which we both joined about well, yours are younger than mine, so we, but we we're kind of in it at the same time. Yeah, six six years ago, I probably yes. joined six or seven years. Yeah, and she has three kids, mm-hmm. um, an older one, and then twin babies. Yes, almost four years four years old now. Well, the that's twins. still a little baby. Is it? Still, I mean, in my heart. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, gosh, so our topic today is really kind of like around your kids and. Um, sort of the journey with them and and uh, specifically about um, autism and the part that plays in your life mm-hmm. and and really like I'll, I won't spoil it but like all the this beautiful journey you've been on with your kids and like that I get to watch sort of on, unfold on Facebook and read your blog posts and Aww. and read you <laughs> and read your your articles about this and it's just like it's beauty to me. So I wanted to bring you on and I want to talk about that. So Well, um, yeah. Hudson is technically the youngest by 19 minutes. Oh, 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's the littlest twin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember as soon as he came out, I'll never forget the sound of the scream that he made. Oh, my gosh. It was almost like, uh, like he knew he wasn't ready. He knew yeah. maybe I wasn't ready. Yeah. He knew that whatever was coming to us one day would be significant right and a mountain and I fell in love with him immediately and it's has continued to be the deepest love yeah um he got diagnosed probably close to his third birthday it took till his third birthday it did, yeah to really get a mm-hmm. clear picture it did yeah I mean he started early intervention services and occupational therapy and speech therapy around Gosh, he was 17 months, I think. And that's, by that point, I knew, you know, I knew. Right. And I tried to not know very hard. I, you know, I remember just throwing a little foam ball at his belly and saying his name, Hudson, 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 over and over again, just to get him to look at me, you yeah. know, just begging him to look at me mm-hmm. um, and loving him so hard and trying to figure out how I was going to make him feel that love. Yeah. Um. But the diagnosis was not a surprise. Right. Um, I went with my older son. He was out of school that day. Um, and I'm so glad that he was with us because kid perspective is gold. Yeah. It really is. Um, we went to Vanderbilt and mm-hmm. did the assessment, which, I mean, honestly, Hudson was probably more on fire and, like, killing it that day <laughs> than he normally is. Um, and they gave us, you know, a pamphlet. A series of pamphlets of oh, information gosh. I already had of services we were already doing. And it was that feeling of like, this is all that we can do right now is pamphlets. Right. You're doing it. You're doing all the things that you can do for this boy. And all you want is um, for somebody to tell you what to do next. And there's yeah. such fear for me and being like, oh my gosh, I'm already doing next. I'm the expert. Right. That's terrifying. That is absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to be the expert. Yes. So I, I feel like there's still a lot of sort of like misinformation and, and not like a lot of expertise 
just in sort of the general population mm-hmm. around autism. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we said that his diagnosis was uh, that yes. he was autistic. Yes. I know that do they call it different things like on the autism spectrum disorder, like yes. all different things. So some people go by a um, number scale of the level of autism, but yeah. Huddy's just unfolding as far yeah. as I'm concerned. He's little. You don't know he all is. the things yet. He is. I mean, I think with him there will always be things that I don't know. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the maybe the sadness, but also the beauty of it. Um, yeah. And it's been, I remember being pregnant and this was literally one of my deepest fears. Really? Yeah. Um, like how, how did you come to that? Like, I know as moms, we like freak out about a lot of things, but how did you come to like that one? Well, I had my older one first and you know, you get bombarded with milestones, emails and when to worry and what it could be. And, you know, over the past gosh, 10 or 15 years, that most common thing, that hiccup for so many women and men and families that I know has been, is, is he autistic? And it is predominantly, I mean, little boys are four times more likely, I think, to be on the spectrum than girls. There are plenty of autistic girls out there. Yeah. Um, That might look a little different. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very different kind of manifestation. Yeah, it can be. Um, but I mean, with Hudson, I just was, I was really worried that I wasn't going to be able to care for him one day. Um, I was, you know, I think my, my biggest fear has always been like, I'm going to get older and one day this child is going to be a man Yeah. and who's going to look after him. Right. Um, so I think that's where that, that fear stemmed from as a, as a mother was not so much having a child with autism but having an adult child with autism with no mother in the world right and that to me was Mm. is a scary thought it is um but the day that we did get diagnosed when my older one was with us afterwards we got all of our information and we left and it wasn't necessarily sad because it was so expected but um wilder my my older one just looks at the man in the elevator when we get in there and he goes, guess what? My brother passed his autism test. Aww. Isn't that the sweetest thing? Uh-huh. And he goes down and tells the valet, he goes, my brother passed his autism test. We're going to go get Mexican food. We're going to have an autism lunch. Aww. And in his brain, I mean, he, we, we went into a room and Hudson had, he had the thing. He passed the test. Right. And I think that really just kind of set the tone for the way that our family is choosing to deal with this is that it is something to be celebrated. Yeah. And it's something that makes our son special and something that makes our family special. Mm. And, you know, I would never would have probably come to that or it would have taken me much longer if I hadn't right. had somebody there to remind me. But it's been really incredible for all of us and especially his siblings because – they are the most empathetic little champions for him. Yeah. You know, they will, you know, he can be quite aggressive. And I'll hear them in the next room being like, Hudson, you don't want to hurt me. I'm your brother. You don't want to. They've never approached him with anger or resentment, even though he takes up a ton of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 
it's so much energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they know that, you know, he needs them as much as he needs us. Yeah. And that they are a part of teaching him as much as we are. That's beautiful. It, it's really sweet. It really is. Yeah. I love that. I love that they're, that they come at it with this, like, they don't see a problem. They see their brother who mm-hmm. has, this is the way he is. Like, they've never known different. Like, here he is. Mm-hmm. He's my little twin. He was in the womb with me and I love him. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really wonderful. And, you know, there are lots of things about Hudson that have been really interesting because everything kind of has happened. He's, he's hit his milestones a lot slower. He's mostly nonverbal. Um, but Except for about donuts. Except for about donuts, <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, something like that will happen where we'll be sitting there and he'll stand up and he'll just go, eggs, bacon, muffins and he's he's a breakfast kid oh gosh he he is but just doubling over like the most joyful you've ever seen a child Mm. and so I feel like as a family we get to not everybody gets that yeah not everybody gets to see somebody so excited to hear their own voice to be able to list their favorite things that they're literally about to fall down yeah so (laughs) you know it's been great the other kids celebrate those little milestones big milestones yeah as much as we do yeah so it is cool so all this kind of like i so i know before kids Mm -hmm. you were a songwriter yes and a singer did you were you a performer as well yes so that was all a big package for you yes and then one that you kind of left behind i did when the kids came or um i think a little bit before then, um, I came to Nashville with a publishing deal, writing songs, and was an artist in Canada, where yeah. where my, my family is. Where your people. Um, and I was kind of a mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, pretty egotistical. Um, Wait, how old were you? Young. I mean, <laughs> I little. Think that's like- Bitty, you could bitty. say that about anybody. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe I was just like maybe 20. Maybe just 20. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was the same at 20. Oh, Like the well, center of the universe. Yes. And yeah, I was not. Care. Yeah, I was not putting, I was putting more energy into my relationship with myself <laughs> yeah. than I was into any <laughs> other relationship in my life, which maybe some people say is is good it's certainly trendy now right um you gotta focus on you yeah girl yeah well I was doing that real well (laughs) (laughs) I was laser focused on me um and I was partying too much wasn't taking care of myself certainly wasn't taking care of my body yeah um and I really needed to step away yeah I needed to figure out who I who I was without a career without a, you know, without a goal yeah. that I was, you know, scrambling toward. Yeah. So I kind of stepped away from it before kids, um, but planned to take a big step back. I thought maybe I'd come back to it, but I wasn't sure. Um, and I had the babies, mm-hmm. all the babies, all the babies, all the babies. Um, and I didn't think. Really, at that point, that I would ever really do it again. But little Hudson 
loves music. Loves it. It's so sweet. I mean, he's the biggest David Bowie fan. (laughs) Of all the characters to pick, David Bowie is such a card. He's just like such a big, loud, like you think that, I don't know, my assumption would be that Hudson would pick somebody who wouldn't be sort of overwhelming. David Bowie is like, he's a big character in your face. Yeah. Like music big, look big. He's all like, about he's it. All, that's so... <laughs> I know. I mean... That's so cool. I, I could do a lot worse. Right. I mean, you as... could do some really... Like, you really uh, want to listen to that? No. Yeah. I mean, it's really sweet. His uh, He'll ask for... He calls him Desa Bowie. Desa Bowie. Desa. It's the sweetest little angel voice. Um, mm. So he'll ask for Desa Bowie and um, Bob Marley he loves. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He has good taste. He for... does. And he's got great pitch, too. Does he? Because... Um, well, he doesn't speak a ton. He will sing it all day long. Really? Yes. Just the melody or will no, he sing the words? words? He'll sing the words too. Yeah. Isn't that so funny how speech and music come from like these mm-hmm. different places? And mm-hmm. I find that as a musician, I find all of that very fascinating how like people who lose the power of speech, mm-hmm. like from dementia or um, Alzheimer's, like you put on their music yeah. that they know and they can sing it. Like it's like a, oh, this is a different a different tapping into a different well. It is. Like we're yeah. getting your words out a different way. Absolutely. Yeah, so he, cool. he loves it. Um and uh, so we've been listening to a ton of music and kind of as soon as his interest developed, we started listening to more. Um and we have little kid instruments around. Yeah. Like every parent does. They yes. hide their Yes. their I actual instruments. I, I hate those things. Uh. Like the little maracas and the little Chingy tambourine. Yes. Like chingy ring a ring. So high pitched. Um, but one day Huddy came up to me. He was probably about, I don't know, maybe three and a half um, with this like crony blue waterproof plastic ukulele. And he was just like, ukulele. And I was like, one, that's a crazy word for you to be saying like a native <laughs> Hawaiian. Um, and two, like, what do you want me to do with it? And so for the first time in years, I picked up, I picked up an instrument and started playing it again. Mm. And he lit up like a little Christmas tree. You just boohoo. I I did boohoo. Yeah. And I don't boohoo very easy anymore. I have, I have very few tears left at this point. Oh my God. I feel like I'm on a faucet. I'm all the time. Just turn it back on. Oh my gosh. That would just, oh so now it's some kind of been. I feel like I finally understand what what music was in my life for. Yeah, which was not to be the next Carrie Underwood, it seems, <laughs> um, <laughs> but to be able to talk to talk to my child the way that he understands and yeah. show him love in a way I can see that he understands. Mm. So it's really it's really special, and you know, sweet baby. Yes love that so in the middle of all that like you started writing like long form yeah like you just had this kind of way of like writing in such an impactful and always humorous kind of way of like this is what's going on in my life sort of like like straight to the heart and also like make you laugh and were you writing for the city mom 
I was, yeah. So that was your, you were writing for City Mom. Yes. Just sort of about, like, your experience through all this stuff. And that grew into writing for Medium. Yes. Dot com. And, and I'll, you, you talk about that. Um, I, I could talk about it. But well, you, you I mean, I've it. always been, that's really the only job I've had. Yeah. It's been writing in some form. Yeah. Um, and I thought when I had kids, I was probably done with that. Because right. um, who has time? Oh my gosh. No, how do you I still don't your have thoughts? time. How do you assemble um, everything like into a coherent <laughs> sentences? Not like, sure I do that. I try. You do a great job. <laughs> um, but then eventually I just, you know, I was helping friends with their writing and mm-hmm. companies who needed copy and stuff like that. And yeah. I was like, oh gosh, this is something I can, this can be a career. This doesn't just have to be a hobby. Right. I can do something I love, which to me always seemed a little bit impossible, I guess, you know, um, especially after, after music and, you know, kind of not being musically really or emotionally cut out for that world. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It just seemed kind of like, well, I had that dream and then that dream was over. Yeah. I didn't know that you got to have more than one. Um, you and, do. And I do, yeah. You get to have more than one. Yeah, and it's been it's been really great. I get to write for businesses, and I work with authors now a lot and help them develop their content and write their books and yeah. get it out there into the world. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I love, like, that you come at it not from, like, a have got it all figured out kind of perspective, but, it, like, as a really sort of vulnerable and honest, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. Like mm-hmm. I'm, and God, I'm going to get weepy. Um, just like the running is you're just putting one foot in front of the other. I feel like there's just this connection where like as, as Hudson's mom, as like life, like mm-hmm. you're just, cause there's this tie that you do between your running, ab- between autism and running. Yes. And like I'm, I write about running. I yeah, you write about running, but there's like this connection. But there's this connection, and then I feel like, like I don't know if you outright said it. Maybe I'm just making this up, but I feel like, like as this life kind of unfolds for you and for your children, like it's just always putting one foot in front of the other. Like, yes, it's a slog. It is, and sometimes there's like a glorious hill. Mm-hmm. Which you get to run down and kind of coast and like yes, but it, I love the connection that you that you make is like it's just one foot in front of the other. Yeah, like, this it, it's not pretty. <laughs> no, it is not pretty. Mm-hmm. It is especially not pretty when I'm running right. in a literal sense. <laughs> it's not like nobody is mistaking me for an athlete. Right. Out there, like, you know, you got it, girl. Yeah, except for that one chump. Yes. Ooh. Yes, little old school sexual harassment on the road. Good time. It Good had been time. a minute. Um, <laughs> but it's been really interesting for me, too, as somebody who definitely did struggle with loving my body and yeah. eating disorders and just really what the image of a woman is supposed to be in this world. Yeah. Um, to do something for my body that's not at all about how it looks. Right. You know? Um, and running has really done that to me. And it's also shown me how forgiving our bodies are. Yeah. You know, our minds don't forgive us as easily, but our bodies mm-hmm. for all the years of abuse, I put that, this thing through, Yeah. it's still there. It's still moving. It's still going. It's still carrying and 
going uphill and getting hurt and healing for yeah. me, you know? And that's such a beautiful like statement and like metaphor for like that this isn't the last. Yeah. You know, like we get we get more chances. We, we do. get to heal. Yes. And like and we get to push ourselves in like a deep way. I love you can tell I'm like super fangirling over here. Like But it's just <clears throat> I, I love that like you dig deep in that and 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 what you're saying, like that just you know, you're right. Like we don't we play these tapes over and over mm-hmm. again in our head of like, here's all the reasons why you failed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like if that perp the purpose is to like shame ourselves into different action, but it clearly does not work. But that bypassing that mental part and going mm-hmm. to your your body, which is still doing the hard work of like housing you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think a, fr- a friend of mine shared this with me. I think it's Barbara. Is it Barbara Brown Taylor? Oh, I love her. Yeah. She calls your body, and I love this. This is your soul's address. Oh. Isn't that like yeah. just the most beautiful way of putting that? Ugh. Yeah. So I, I, I think about that a lot, you know? And yeah. it's a good, I have a good home. Yeah. You know? It'll last a few more years. Mine will. Anyway, <laughs> a few more years. And then it might give out on me, but I love that. So for people who want to follow what you're writing, we can go to? You me. can go to my Instagram, which is at Shantastic Voyage, at which Shant- is a ridiculous name. That is hilarious. I know. I didn't, I wasn't really sitting down and thinking about that <laughs> when I joined the Instagram. Right. But um, I live with that now. Um, but I think it's so telling and beautiful. Like, you don't have to be, you don't have to have everything, like, perfection. Like, it's just. No. You also will not. It is a fantastic voice. You will not find any beautiful photography on my Instagram. <laughs> there is You're none. You're going to pose with, like, your knee popped up. There like, is. Like, all the. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not a it's not a sexy Instagram for no, sure. It's okay. Um, and you can find me on Medium, yeah. Shannon Lee Miller. Um, and my series is called Run, and it's all little short stories about what I see and feel around my neighborhood in the morning. Yeah, I love that. It's so cool, and I love that. Like, um, for you, there's this thread that kind of runs through. Like, no matter what it is you're doing there's always a part of you that's like relating the story to others like in your songs in your writing in your posts like you're like I don't know it's like it's like a uh, what's the best way to put this I feel like it's like a like a shot out in the dark like yeah I'm here too like Oh, that you know makes I mean? me real happy <laughs> that makes me really happy you know happy. like I'm, I'm here too like I yes you know this, yeah. you're not I'm doing this, and and that thread of like telling stories, even either like short form or long form, like, and that just really like beautiful vulnerability that you kind of carry with you wherever you go. Well, I love it. I, I, that's really sweet. Thank you. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I really like storytelling. To me, doesn't feel like as much of a transaction as most things. I'm. I mean, I really do. I'm reaching out because I want to be heard, just yeah. like everyone else. Yeah. Um, and because I want to listen to people, you know, it's just, 
I'm just waiting for someone to grab back. And I'm lucky that people do, you know? Do you, do you get a lot of feedback back from your writing? Um, I do, yeah, which is awesome. Um, so cool. A lot of encouragement, and I need it, you know? I'm not going <laughs> to pretend I don't need it. I need it. Yeah. Um, and I try my best to, you know... Not make too many proclamations and decide that I'm filled with wisdom and truth because I'm really just (laughs) figuring it out. Aren't we Um, all just kind of? But it's really nice to not do that alone. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's wonderful when somebody does reach out. Yeah, for sure. That's so. I try to respond to everyone I can for sure. Yeah. So there's the connection with. Hudson and Wilder mm-hmm. and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like there there needs to be more of like a space for parents who are kind of in it with autism to have a way to connect you? Like, is there that space for you? Do you have that where you're like, yep, me and these moms and we're all talking and discussing and, and like that – that valuable like kind of village do you feel like there's a village for you in this time for your life like there was for like what do you feel like mom's club was a village i feel like mom's club was a village for me oh it was like life-saving village like these people are keeping me afloat but do you feel like you have that kind of village right now um i do i think a lot of it is uh i mean it can and it definitely can be isolating especially when you know you have a whole family to take care of and you know it's that really noisy isolation where you're busy working with all these people and all these things and you know that in itself can be pretty lonely yeah um but I think Hudson's therapist and his uh his teachers have really become an important part of of my village Mm -hmm. I mean I have a lot of friends with children that are on the spectrum or have sensory needs and and we can definitely relate you know about stuff like that but day to day I mean his therapist and his teachers are holding me up you know they are I'm so glad more so than any doctor who makes six figures or whatever ever will you know these are the people every day that are making my child's life better yeah and making my life better well and that like you need like the boots on the ground like Mm -hmm. you can have like oh here's this you know the overarching like we're gonna follow track his you know career as um well it's not a career I mean track his track his sort of unfolding Mm -hmm. um but really like yeah the village the people who are like let's do this yeah we love him as much as you love him and I don't even have, like, what, um, one of my children does not have, she's not on the spectrum that they know, mm-hmm. um, but she does have, like, pretty intense sensory needs. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, even that felt really isolating to know, like, oh, why is my kid, like, freaking out in yeah. all these normal, what I thought, think of as normal mm-hmm. situations, like riding in a car seat. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like, why is this an intolerable thing for you? Like wearing clothes, mm-hmm. why, putting on your socks. Why are these intolerable things for you? And really, like I didn't know what was going on. And so we just sort of like plugged on. Yeah. And really, until we like 
had like a good diagnosis and you know OT and people mm-hmm. kind of helping us along and that got better mm-hmm. and that I was her advocate to say like she has these needs and and like mm-hmm. I didn't even realize like I could take that and say she has these needs and they still apply at school mm-hmm. like because I was just sort of like well yeah let's talk you know there's these are things that are going on but like didn't really think oh I need a 504 or an mm-hmm. IEP or I need these teachers to know these things going yes. in so they're not like what is wrong with this mm-hmm. you it know she's not being yeah. defiant she just can't stand the feel of her shoes right now yeah like it's not about you it's about her shoes yeah <laughs> overwhelming her which is in it sounds like almost ridiculous to say but when all of the volume in your whole body is turned up to 11 and you can't cope anymore with like one more factor coming in mm-hmm. like yeah, you're going to lose it. I mean, and in the scheme of things, honestly, I'm like, what's stranger? Mm-hmm. A kid who doesn't like the feeling of their clothes and feels trapped in them? Yeah. Or a bunch of grown-ups staring down at their phones for four hours a day? I mean, We well, all need to escape Yeah. those situations where we feel overloaded Yeah. some way. And I feel like for um, kids that have sensory needs but are mostly neurotypical... Mm-hmm. It can be really hard because it's so easy for them to slip through the cracks. Yeah. And for people to say it's not real, but it's very real, yeah. you know? Hudson's on the lower functioning side, so we've been really um, lucky. It's, it's, I mean, and I hate to, to use the word lucky, but like it's not been hard for us to get the services that he needs. Right, because it's more obvious. Um, and I am certainly have to, I certainly have to be his advocate, which yeah. is not a comfortable thing for me at all. Right. You know? Um, but he's, he's on the lower functioning side currently. Yeah. And I don't have to explain a lot. I don't, there's not a lot I have to prove that, that he can't show them. Right. To get services. Right. That's so, Ooh, I feel like when I was growing up, the kids who were in hindsight, clearly on the spectrum, mm-hmm. they're, they were just the quote unquote weirdos. Oh, yeah. Like, there were the kid who wore a trench coat to school every day. Mm-hmm. And we were like, what is it? Who couldn't stand to take a shower. Yeah. Who um, couldn't stand for people to touch him in the hallway or, like, mm-hmm. um, didn't want to talk in class. And they got shunted mm-hmm. off to, like, either, like, bullied or teased or just, like, shunted into, like, special ed. Like, clearly you're not. able to negotiate this world so you need to go over there Mm -hmm. and hang out with the kids who are like drilling on themselves like yes that's your that's your place rather than like oh okay you are in there we just have to figure out a way to reach and so there's a Mm -hmm. connection like I don't speak your language yet I know yeah I think I remember being in school too and it was it was a different time for sure Mm -hmm. um and I remember feeling fear for some of those I was being I was afraid of some of those kids and I think yeah the biggest difference and the biggest gift is putting all of those children in a room together all of them I mean the fact that now my son can be in a blended class with typical peers is gonna teach him so much and teach them so much yeah you know yeah I think learning to I think that's where learning to get over the, the fear that differences can make gets yeah. conquered is early on learning to function as a community in yeah. a school. 
Well, and and to let like instead of being sort of locked away or hidden, that my children see other children that are different mm-hmm. and go, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's just who that is exactly. And he's in my class, and he needs a tube feed in the middle of the day, and that's how he eats, and that's just yeah. That's, no, that's how this works. That's, you know, that's not an obstacle to learning that is the learning. Right. Right. And, and it's, I'm glad to see that finally happening in classrooms. Yeah. But it's still sometimes it's hard to say, no, he does, my child does belong here. Right. Just as much as that kid and that He passed one, the test. <laughs> yes. He passed his autism he test passed and his he autism belongs test. here. That's right. Yeah. That's so good. And, it, you know, it's things for, for people um, who don't, who have neurotypical children. Um, it can feel like two of my children are very neurotypical. Mm-hmm. Um, and Same the third here. one, and the third one is like, she's neurotypical in a lot of ways, but then has just like a one big patch mm-hmm. where things bother her. And I, she's going to hate this when she's older. She's like, Mom, you told all my business. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, honey. <laughs> But, like, how, when I say, even when I say to people, here's what she's struggling with, they're like, what? Like, they still don't get it. And in some mm-hmm. cases, don't believe me. They just think Ugh, she's a brat. I'm sorry. You know, like, especially older people who are like, there was none of that stuff when I was coming up. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Like, what, how is this a thing? And I'm like, it re- I promise you that it's a thing. Like... <laughs> Because science is compelling. Because science. Yay! Yay, science! (laughs) (laughs) And and to have that, like, I think there's just so much grace to, like, for each other, for our kids. Like, there is, and I don't want to, like, marginalize it, but there's a word. And with that word comes, like, all this information Mm -hmm. that can actually enrich their lives. And our lives yes. as people, like, yes. and understanding, like, I, there's just been, I feel like in the last couple of years, there have been, um, like, Temple Grandin's movie mm-hmm. and and things like that where, where people are really discussing um, how autism, like, is not a, it's not a problem. No. <laughs> it's not a problem that needs to be, like, conquered. Like, this is a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's a gift in some ways. Like, this child is thinking in a way that I'm not able to because this is the way his brain works. Yeah. And he can do things or she can do things that I can't do. And they they can see things Mm -hmm. that I can't see because their brain works differently than mine. That day at the hospital, um, after Wilder was real excited about Hedy Paskin's (laughs) autism test, um, I asked him, I was like, buddy, what do you think that autism means? And he goes, it means that my brother gets to see the world differently than anybody else can. Mm. And I mean, and still, you know, it's been almost a year since his diagnosis. And Wilder is doing, and Everly, girl twin. Yeah. Um, you know, they're doing everything in their power to learn what the world looks like for Hudson. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really sweet. Mm. It's really sweet. And it is really enriching. How do they, so what do they sort of like approach him with? Are they, I don't know, do they come at like a, like a curious point of view? Like Hudson, tell me about, because he can't really express all that. So how do they communicate with him in that way? Do they have their own sort of like twin speak kind of way? They are, I would say, real. they're very protective. Hmm. Um, 
and they're very good at meeting him where he is. Uh, he stems a lot. He rocks back and forth. Yeah. And sometimes I'll hear this like crazy noise <laughs> and I'll go into the, into the living room and I'll see all three of them together just rocking back and forth on the couch so he doesn't have to do it alone and let listen to music with him. Mm-hmm. Um, they love to take him outside and they're very excited just when he sees them. They know how big it that is for him to look look them in the eyes, say their name. Yeah. Um for him to to touch them or pat them or give a high five. That's those are all that's a lot of work for him. Yeah. And that's that's him reaching out for them, mm. and that's that's huge. So the, that gravity of all that's not lost on them at all. Good. So because kids are so, so smart. Good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I love it. It's so beautiful. So we have in um, my husband's side of the family. There's there's um, a couple different factors. One child is like diagnosed and clearly mm-hmm. autistic, and then we have we have people that. Like, it kind of flies under the radar. Yeah. And so, um, it's just beautiful to see, like, meeting people where they are. Exactly mm-hmm. where they are. Like, you can't do more than this. Like, you've come you've come to the edge, and I'm going to build a bridge across. Like, yes. I'm going to, like, I see you can't build the bridge yet. I'm going to build a bridge yes. to you. And I mean, that becomes I think bigger than that's something you learn from a child like Hudson yeah but that's something that you apply everywhere in life yeah. I mean I build I there I'm much better at building bridges now than I used to be because yeah. of my son yeah so as a as a mom like was there like a I don't know I don't want to make assumptions but like was there a grief part where you like I'm I'm grieving that my Hudson isn't what I imagined he would be. Did you really like come to that place or was you're like, nope, he is what he is right from the get go? I think, I think because I knew fairly, fairly early on and it was a while, I mean, I was very proactive certainly. Yeah. Um, and there's worry, but I think also there's a really beautiful surrender mm-hmm. of being able to say, okay, you know, our life is going to look different. Right. And I don't know what that's going to look like. And so not really, I don't think I've really had a ton of mourning of, of the future, you know. Yeah. Um, I think, if anything, I've just surrendered to the fact that I, that's not a picture I know how to paint. Right. You know. And maybe I should try less often than I do <laughs> to be painting those kinds of pictures for myself and others. But yeah. Um, no, I think it's, it's been a period of really beautiful surrender for me. I love that perspective. I know, I, I mean, my heart is stubborn and I have all these ideas about what things should be and mm-hmm. I should myself to death. Um, and so I, like, there are things that I have, like, grieved mm-hmm. as a mother that are grieved as, like, just a human. Yeah. Like, grieved, like, this didn't happen. And I'm sad about that. Yeah. So I, I love the place of like surrender rather than like, oh, this was taken away from me. But really it was just, he was never, mm-hmm. it wasn't taken away. He just was never going to be that version. He yeah. was just going to be him. Exactly. Yeah. From the get go. And that's all 
that a parent should ever want for their child. I mean, that's... to be the, you know... Yeah, that's some wisdom right there, rather than, like, <laughs> I live in a world of expectations, no, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? All I... we have to do, which is not a simple task at all, is just <laughs> help them become the best version of who they already are and for them to love themselves and see themselves and be confident Mm. in who they are. Yeah. I love that. And like make sure they don't get into too much trouble with the law. (laughs) Stuff like that. I mean, important things like the law. Yeah. I don't know. You got to live a little, right? A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. Don't steal cars, please. No. Children. No. Oh man. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking about this journey for you. Like it's just beautiful to watch. Well, thank you for having me. And I, I want love people, this. You're welcome. <laughs> and I want people to read your stuff and know who you are and like reach out and I just um you know, I wanted to ask like more thoughtful questions and I don't think I asked the most like poignant like, oh, let's get to the meat. But I... It's all meat, yeah. girl. I, <laughs> this motherhood business is all meat. <laughs> yeah, it's all meat. And I, But I love that you're just here and honest and talking. And and even if there's like... I, I don't want like five solutions to X, Y, and Z. Like, I just want to kind of be in the soup with other people. And yeah. Say, Here's where we are. Yes. If That's I had five solutions, I would give them to you. But I don't, you don't have like a checklist. <laughs> yeah, like no. I did this and this and no. you haven't fixed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, I really love you, girl. You. Thank you. <laughs> so y'all go check out Shannon Miller at medium.com. Shannon Lee Miller. And you can find her on Instagram um, at Shantastic Voyage. <laughs> which I love. And, um, you can reach out to me, um, at icumamapodcast.com. And I'm now on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. However, uh, reluctantly, (laughs) but if you guys reach out, it'll be a whole different story. So thanks again for listening all you guys. And I want to do a shout out, like what is up San Jose, California? Your download numbers are insane. You're rivaling Nashville where I live, and I actually know people here, and I don't know anybody in San Jose. So whatever y'all are doing, keep on listening. And uh, reach out to me and just let me know um, who you are and what's going on in the world. And for everybody else, thank you so much for um, what you do and who you are, and keep doing beautiful things. I see you, Mama.